Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hillspring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. Every year we begin the year with um, just a season, an intentional time of seeking God and, and prayer and fasting. With 21 days of prayer and fasting, that actually begins today. Now, I know maybe you already had biscuits and gravy or sausage or whatever for breakfast. Don't, don't worry about that. We just want to take some intentional time, setting some time aside to sacrifice, intentionally pray and seek God and, and seek the presence of God. And so I, I very commonly do a Daniel fast. There's a lot of resources that are out there online that you can find, and there's a lot of recipes and things like that that you can look for. I, I just, I keep it pretty simple. No sweets, no meats. There'll be some days that I do nothing but just juice. And here's the thing. If, if you don't intentionally take time to spend time with God, if you don't intentionally just hit the pause button on life and spend some time in prayer, and that time I should be eating, maybe I'm going to be praying or whatever, then it's just a diet. I mean, diets are great. Don't get me wrong. I need some of that in my life too. But I really need the presence of God in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I believe, is going to be powerful. And I hope that you'll just jump in and join us on this. Past few years, I've really just taken time to pray and see God and, and give us a theme for the year. Last year, our theme was believe. I mean, we even had a wall in our sanctuary. We just believe. And then we wrote prayer requests and things up on there that we were Believing God, somebody said the other day, maybe 21's theme ought to be still believing, you know. And so I, I was reading an email, and something just jumped off the page, and I thought, that's it. That's the theme for 2021. Revelations 3.8 says this. God speaking, it's Jesus speaking to a church. He says, I know your deeds. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know what little strength you have, yet you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. Boy, that sounds like a lot of Christians I know. It sounds like a lot of churches that I know. And as I read that, I thought, boy, if there was every year that opened doors and as our world and our economies and our churches and our, our family gatherings, as all that begins to reopen, I thought, man, Revelation 3.8 is just an incredible word for this season that we're going to be walking into in 2021. It's going to be the year of open doors. I believe God's going to put doors of opportunity in front of you and in front of your family that if he opens that door, then he provides those opportunities for you. I believe God's going to place open doors in front of Hillspring in our church. I want us to have the faith to be able to walk into those moments and walk into those opportunities. We're also working on a series I'm kind of excited about. It's kind of been stirring in me for several months. I had this idea one day when I was sitting in Landon's room watching him play a video game called Checkpoint. Then it's something that's just kind of been stirring me. In video game world, which really isn't my world, um, but they have this checkpoint along the level. As you get so far into a level, if you reach that place, if you die in that level, you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. You just go back to the checkpoint, something we're working on. It's going to start that series next week, hopefully right here with you in person. But before we do any of that today, I want to just I want to spend some time about don't go back. Don't, don't go back. And some of you are thinking about 2020, you're like, don't worry, I ain't going back. <laughs> There's no danger here. 
I got to thinking about our time today and thinking about all that we've been through in this season. And you sitting there on your couch, maybe holding your phone in your hand as you watch He'll Spring at Home today. The Old Testament book of Exodus came to mind. And it's an ancient history story of God rescuing the people of Israel from the oppressive slavery in Egypt. For 430 years, they lived in Egypt, and the biggest part of that, they actually served the Egyptians as oppressive slaves. The book of Exodus is their story of God exiting them, getting them out of Egypt and out of that slavery. And God used 10 powerful supernatural plagues, not only to show the Egyptians, but really to show the whole world and all of history, he really is the God of God. He really is a mighty and strong God. And really, the descendants of Abraham were his chosen people. And so these 10 supernatural plagues of Exodus weren't just for Egypt. They were for the nations that Israel would soon face in battle as they were conquering the promised land that God had given to them. But it was also for Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And the 10th and final plague was the death plague. And the firstborn male of each house would be killed by the death angel unless you followed the instructions that God had given to Moses and Israel. And you would to sacrifice the lamb, and then you were to paint the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your house. And if you had the blood of the lamb painted on the doorpost, then the death angel would pass over your home. Every year, Jews and Christians still celebrate the Passover to commemorate God's redeeming Israel from slavery. Exodus chapter 12, verse 31. I want to read four or five verses here that I think really kind of apply to our conversation today. Verse 31 says, And Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. Get out. This was the night that the death angel had come through and, and killed thousands of firstborn males in the homes. He says, get out. Leave my people. Take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the Lord as you've requested. Take your flocks, your herds, as you said, and be gone. He's kicking them out. Go. But bless me as you leave. All the Egyptians urged the people of Israel to get out of the land as quickly as possible, or they thought, we will all die. I'm going to jump to verse 35, and it says, And the people of Israel did as Moses had instructed, because he had given them all these instructions about when it comes time to leave, certain food to have. This where unleavened bread came in. They had bread without yeast because it would get old quickly. And so they did, as Moses said, and they asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold. And the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably upon the Israelites. And they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. Some of the translations say that they plundered the Egyptians. For the better part of eight generations, Israel had been crying out to God, where are you? God, do you even know we're here? God, do you see our suffering? And God sends a rescuer. And Exodus chapter 2 tells us that God remembered his covenant with Abraham, and he looked down, and he saw their groanings, and he knew that it was time to act, and he sent Moses and to lead the children of Israel out of slavery. And the Israelite slaves, as they were leaving Egypt, they took the best part of Egypt 
with them. They plundered Egypt. They stripped Egypt of its silver and its gold and of its wealth. As they left Egypt in the rearview mirror, they took the best of Egypt with them. And for those of you that thought happiness was Lubbock in the rearview mirror, just wait until you see 2020 in your rearview mirror. As we leave behind what has been a struggle for many from financial challenges, maybe job loss or, or furloughs or just a decrease in income or health issues or personal stories that were not affected by COVID because 2020 was a challenge if you take the COVID factor out and then there's the loss of loved ones. I don't know that we've ever had a year where we buried so many people from our church that we love and, and we care for. And as we turn the page on the calendar, as we leave the challenges of 2020 behind, let's do what Israel did and take the best of Egypt with us. Let's take the best of 2020 with us as we move into a new year. Now, you got to be real honest. When you think about New Year's Eve, it's just another night. New Year's Day is just another day. But there's something about turning the page on a calendar. Like mentally, it's a, it's a switch, it's a shift on the inside of us. There's a new door with, with new hope and, and new opportunities that are in front of us. We hope to set new habits and new dreams and, and new goals into place. And as we turn the page, and as we look back at 2020, let's take the good with us as we leave, but let's make sure we leave the bad behind us. 2020 was a year like none other, but it wasn't all bad. There was some good. There was some good that came out of a global pandemic. In many ways, if you go back to March, remember, like we thought, okay, let's just shut everything down for two weeks and let's see what, if that'll suppress the curve. And in many ways, it slowed a lot of us down. I know not everybody got to shut down. A lot of people, their life was just normal. Matter of fact, for healthcare workers, maybe their life was busier. But for a lot of us, we just slowed down. Home, family, meals around the table, game night. Yes, there was anxiousness. There was worry. Like we remember, it almost felt like, all right, who's going out today? And you had to draw straws, right? And then when you come home, you almost wanted to leave all your clothes in the garage and take a just hot, scolding shower. Just make sure you got all the COVID germs off of you, but we survived. And then I remember we had to get creative. We had to get innovative. While the problem and the process was frustrating, on the other side, there were some things about our lives that really were better. We saw our neighbor-loving neighbor. Go back to March, and there were people checking on people. There were people helping folks financially who'd been furloughed or lost their jobs. In all this, we were forced to evaluate some things in our lives. I think you got to be careful with the essential and non-essential label, and every person is essential. But our, acti our activities, things we're involved in, I think that was a good evaluation. What are the things that really are essential in our lives? We learn about our vulnerabilities. I say it all the time, knowledge is power. And knowing our vulnerabilities, now we can address them. You know, we also found humor in the middle of hard times. Some of the social media stuff that was coming out about the COVID and the mask and the pandemic and being quarantined, 
Some of that was just fun. I mean, you just, you just had to laugh at the situation you were in. Some good things that came out, but there were also some bad things that came out of this past year as well. Just fear. And I remember in the early days, we just didn't know. We didn't know about the virus. We didn't know the impact it would have on our lives. I remember laying in bed at night and sometimes just letting my thoughts get the worst of me and just the not knowing is what caused fear. 2020, again, we saw racial division at a painful level. At times, we saw greed and selfish ambition take a toll. Things like toilet paper shortages. That same neighbor that was loving their neighbor Soon we were now yelling at each other over, are you wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? See, I want to take the good things of 2020. I want to take the lessons we learn, the creativity, the care, the innovation. The time we spend in a little bit of slower pace of life. But I'm also ready to leave behind some of the harder things. I'm ready to leave behind some of the, the challenge, the more divisive things. See, for the better part of eight generations, the children of Israel cried out to God. They were stuck in oppressive slavery. God rescued them, and they were so glad he did. Man, they celebrated, and that became a forever holiday for the nation of Israel, right? But as you read the story, as you read the book of Exodus, when they encounter their first difficult season, when they're standing there at the Red Sea and the Egyptian army is chasing them, all of a sudden, now they want to go back. They want to go back to Egypt. Or, or when they would get on into the wilderness and there would be a shortage of food, there was something in them that wanted to go back to Egypt. When you think about 2020, what did you see in yourself that you liked? What did you see in yourself that you didn't like? What are some of those things in you that were exposed, that 2020 vision gave us that could quickly become an oppressive slavery for you and your spiritual growth. Israel took the best that Egypt had. They took silver and gold and clothing with them, but they took some of the bad too. And so when things got hard, they immediately wanted to go revert back to their old ways. And times like today, I just want to say, don't go back. I want to go back. They wanted the things Egypt could give them that God would not. There are things that the world will offer us that God won't, and it's for our protection, and it's for our good. So I stand here today. We stand here today. The page on the calendar has flipped, and we have a choice. How am I going to view 2020? How am I going to view the hard times and the challenges that came along with it? What am I going to do with all that? We can, like Israel, we can plunder the good, or we can be plagued by the bad of what we've just walked through and experienced. Today we begin with 21 days of prayer and fasting, just in a time of reflection and pressing in and seeking the power and the presence of God. And I want to make just three steps or three suggestions as you begin this new year, new opportunity, as we face open doors. First thing I would say is have a personal moment. Just pause. Parents of toddlers, they do this all the time. They go into the bathroom to have just a personal moment, and then you see little fingers sticking their fingers under the door. What are you doing there, Mama? Right? I think it'd be wise for us to just set aside some personal time. Pause. 
and reflect. Make a list. What did I learn in 2020? What are some things, what's the good out of 2020 that I, I want to take with me? What is it in 2020 that made me better? I loved the slower pace of quarantine. I want more of that. Yet I still struggle to find it. How can I, how can we as a family be intentional about just slowing life down? It was hard at times, but I enjoyed the process of solving problems and being creative and listening to ideas. Yeah, it'd been easier not to have the problems, right? But I just, I enjoyed the creativity and almost the bonding that took place in all that. When all options were on the table, we were listening for any idea that might help us minister to people or be better in the church during a pandemic. How can I do that only now in a season that may not have as big a problems? How can I continue to listen to all the voices around me and let's be creative? Tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like how I felt about the division in our land and country. I didn't like how I felt about the people who disagreed with me. Being honest, I got highly frustrated times over little things. And my dark side was exposed. This next 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's one of the things that's top on my list. God, I saw some things in me last year that I don't want to carry into this year. Would you help me change? As we grow into a new year, I think you need to take a personal moment to just pause, evaluate. Listen, not all of 2020 was bad. Let's take the good with us. Secondly, you've got to have a plan. So if the good was good, how do I live on purpose with that? How do I live intentionally with the good? How do I spend time just slowing down with my family? How do I spend time being innovative and creative and listen to the voices around me? How do I spend time working on myself? The Bible says all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purposes. Truth be told, a pandemic taught me things about myself. And it's sad. It's sad that it took a pandemic to force us to slow down as a family. It's sad that it took a pandemic to teach us some things that we should have already known about ourselves and those around us. It's sad a pandemic had to force us to do things we should have already been doing. So what's the plan? Don't just walk out. Okay, well, I'm glad that's over. We learned a few things. Next, good Lord, somebody please bring on a new year with new doors, a new opportunity, right? If I'm going to plunder the good from 2020, I gotta have a plan to be able to put it in place. In my life, just where I'm at, my wife says I've lost a little bit of my mental capacity. She's probably right. If it don't go on my calendar, it don't happen. Like, if I'm making an appointment with you and I don't put it on my calendar, I'm probably going to miss that appointment. I'm just, this is. If it don't go on my calendar, it don't happen, right? So if it takes putting it on the calendar, then put it on the calendar. And then use the word no to protect it. Hey, hey, can we, can we do a thing? Man, I'd love to, but on Monday night, we just set time aside as family dinner at the table. We're just trying to slow down and enjoy the journey while our kids are still home. Spend time with our grandkids. And you don't even have to say it that way. You don't have to give an explanation. You say, oh man, I wish I could. I've got something that night. Is there another opportunity? Is there another time 
that would work. Don't make a pandemic force. Make the essential things a priority in our life. Let's do it by choice. Let's have a plan. Put the essential things in the right place. And number three, pray with purpose. I'm really excited about a couple of things. Excited about my state of Oklahoma. There's a movement among leadership and there's a movement in this state that they're asking churches all across Oklahoma to pick a day of the month and then commit to fast and pray every month on that day. This is huge. I'm so thankful for godly leadership, for seeing priority of prayer and knowing that, listen, we might be Top 10 is some things that we shouldn't be, and bottom 10 is the things we need to correct. And so prayer is the first step to that. And so the churches of Oklahoma, the churches of this community, we're coming together and say, we'll do the heavy lifting. We will make prayer a priority. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will hear their land. Man, I'm ready to see God heal our land from a pandemic, from division, from sin. Hillspring, we are going to have a date every month that we as a church, we fast and we pray, pray for our state, we pray for our leaders, pray for our community, and we pray for the open doors that I believe God is going to bring to us in 2021. And then today, we start this journey of 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know, in the 15 years we've done this, I've never had anyone say, well, that was a waste. I've never had anyone go, well, I wish I hadn't done that. Matter of fact, I've had the opposite. I've had people say, man, I need to do more of this in my life. Listen, it doesn't have to be complicated. But it needs to be sacrificial, and it needs to be intentional. You can find lots of articles and lists, helpful recipes. And listen, I'm just going to tell you, at the Kellogg House, we keep it simple. As you read the book of Daniel, there was a 10-day fast that he did, and so it's been given the label as the Daniel fast. He said, I didn't need any meat, and I didn't need anything that was rich, meaning sweet. So we just keep it simple around our house. No meats, no sweets. Let me tell you, a cowboy, worked cows, grew up at, I love me some beef, you know what I'm saying? But for 21 days, I'm going to be sacrificial and intentional to press in to the presence of God. No meats, no sweets. Takes a lot of the guessing out of it. Is it a meat? Nope. Is it a sweet? Nope. All right. You can eat it. Let's do this. Let's do this together. For the next 21 days, let's humble ourselves. Let's seek his face. Let's fast and pray for God to heal our land. If there was ever a time, if there was every year, now is the time. This is the time. God, I come before you today, and we're just thankful that you got us through. Lord, we're thankful for what you showed us. We're, we're thankful for what you exposed in us. Now, God, I pray that you would give us the strength, give us the desire, or give us the wisdom to change that. God, we stand here just like the children of Israel that were on the border of the promised land that you would give them. We're standing here on the border of a brand new year, brand new opportunities, a fresh calendar, Lord, with open doors before us. God, I pray that you would protect us from potential danger. Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom to know right from wrong. God, have the strength to do what's right. 
Lord, I pray that you would bless your people. God, I pray you would bless your people so that we could be a blessing to this world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, what was so incredible about 2020 was the generosity of God's people. We saw it in so many ways from churches in our community. Even Hillspring, we were involved in, in projects where we were helping feeding older folks that couldn't risk being exposed and, and getting out. We saw it in so many good ways. One of the things that I hope you will do in this coming year, in this coming season in 2020, I believe God's going to place open doors in front of you. I believe he's going to place open doors in front of us as a church, but it's generosity that gives us the ability, gives us the faith, gives us the resources to step into that moment. As a church, man, we want to make it as simple as possible for you. You can give through our website at hillspring.tv slash give. You want to make it truly a priority. We have an opportunity on there where you can set it up as reoccurring giving, that it just happens. You don't have to worry about if you were at church on Sunday or if you're on vacation or what have you. You can just set that opportunity up, and it really does truly become a priority for you. You can give through our Hillspring Church app. If you don't have that, download that, especially as we move into kind of bad weather months when we don't have church, we push out notifications through there, what services we're having, if we have them or if we're canceling them. But you can also give through the Hillspring Church app. If you want to write a check, feel free to put that in the mailbox. You can also drive through. We've got a very safe, secure mailbox. You can just drop it down in there from the bottom of my heart. I want to say thank you. Thank you for being faithful in a fearful year. And for those of you who can, I hope to see you right here, this room, in person in one week next Sunday. And for those of you that can't just yet, I want you to know what's coming. And listen, in my head, in my heart, I'm planning, we are going to have a hoot nanny, a big old family reunion when we can finally have that all clear and let's do this. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Listen, I love you guys. I want you to have an incredible and safe week. We'll see you right back here next Sunday morning. Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hillspring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message.